0: This is part one of a two-part podcast. Put Paul's brain on your plot. Do you have a hunk of land but don't know where to start? Do you have a world-changing permaculture idea and you need some feedback? Do you feel
1: like the guy in overalls may inexplicably hold the keys to all your wildest permaculture and homesteading dreams? Well, you're probably wrong. But if you want to give it a go anyway, you can hire Paul for a consultation. It will be all yours for the whole entire hour. Schedule your conversation today at permies. dot com slash consult. permies. slash consult.
0: I'm here with Samantha. I've recorded podcasts. How long ago was I recorded a podcast with you?
1: It's about five years ago.
0: Are you sure? I think it was longer than that. It was the one about the botany in a day stuff, right?
1: Maybe. You know, uh, 10 years ago.
0: Ten. That was, no, yeah. Why. yeah, that sounds about more like it. Yeah. So now um, it's been a long, it's been six months since I've recorded a podcast. And during the six months, we've done two Kickstarters. We had all of our summer events. And we, um, we had a Rocket Mass Eater workshop. And we did some stuff that I kind of feel like, man, we got to talk about that. And, um, Mud and I put out an ebook about rocket mass heater risers, which I think, I think that's, I think it's a really, really good book. And so much very recent, very important information. Uh, there's, there's a lot that's happened, but it, it got to a point where there was so much happening all at once, something had to give. And, um, uh, and, and somebody asked me about podcasts, and it was Alan Booker. Alan Booker contacted me and he said, you know, it's been a few months since you put out a podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, shit. I need to get back to it. And then, um, I don't know, I've had a few other people mention it. And it's like, I I really need to, and yet I need to do all these other things first. So, yesterday... Uh, we finished the Garden Master course Kickstarter and um it finished at a record breaking hundred and seventy one thousand dollars. Um uh, which is a breaking record for me. So great. Uh, Kickstarter's like it's that's still chump change. <laughs> you know, it's, that's for little putts projects, you know. But for me it was huge and um and and so here so then um you stopped by and you said, you know, let's record a podcast. And I said, about what? And you said, Oh everything. <laughs> everything. Okay. Well, I wrote something yesterday and um on on Permese, it just I I feel like it had to be said and um and there's also something that I wrote uh, a few months ago. I mean, how long ago did I write this other one? We're going to do both of these. 9 months ago. And so what we're going to do is the thing where I wrote a thing cuz I just had to say it. And um oh, and and, and I should talk about cor- the corporate trolls came for me. Ooh, and they were naughty. They did they did large naughty things. And it's like they're... If nothing else it's clear that they're very, very real, and we can point at them yeah. and um and apparently, rocket mass heaters are contrary to their employer's message right. and so um, wow we've uh, we've now been schooled but um, and today we're going to mention rocket mass heaters, but okay. we're going to mention other things too, so today. It's about the oil and water of the mind. So I'm sure at some point in your life, you had a container that had oil and water in it, and you saw what happens. Yes. What happens? Well,
1: the oil sits on top, and no matter how much you shake it up, it'll get all mixed together. But if you leave it there, it'll separate itself right back out again
0: they just it, it just can't do it and so I, I kind of feel it's the point of the thing that uh, so this is a thing I wrote so I'm going to read the thing that I wrote and we'll comment on it every paragraph or so okay but the frustration that I have is that I try to talk about things that I think are important and people cannot hear it and um, and I thought uh, there was somebody who who I respect very much who is probably listening to this podcast right now so he's going to know that I'm talking about him but I said I want to do a project about rocket mass heaters to infect more brains and his position so so part of his so he's, he's trying to wrap his head around it but part of his position is is that he has a thermostat and the cost of his heat every year is Insignificant to him, and so he doesn't see the point. Hmm. And then when I would talk about, you know, different people in different scenarios and different situations, um, it 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 wasn't really getting traction. That the the thing that the only thing that he could seem to think was is is maybe building a rocket mass heater. Just so that he could get it pushed through his local codes and um and then maybe you know it would inspire further codes and and it would help to to you know remove some barriers that might not even be there now, but you know could right. i I saw a video there's this fascinating guy in England, and he basically i saw a video this morning while wrapping up some work from the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I kind of played it off to the side and um uh, he was talking about how you can't have rocket mass heaters in England because they have this new law that started uh, January 1st of this year and it basically talked about how you can have a rocket heater if it's portable okay. but you can't have a rocket mass heater because of the mass.
1: Hmm.
0: It's too big. It, it would have to be a permanent installation to the home. Right. And uh, And I kind of thought what if you made a mass and you had a portable rocket heater that would push its exhaust into it anyway um, all right let's I'm uh, here here is the big thing the oil and water of the mind I feel like I can talk about rocket mass heaters and there are a lot of people that cannot hear it now, apparently, um, and, and I do not understand the politics, but um, I, I've stopped paying attention to politics more than a decade ago. Um, and there's little bits that find their ways to... So, apparently, in Europe, people are about to be very cold this winter. The, uh, because of the war in Ukraine, apparently, a lot of natural gas came from Russia, and that has been turned off. So, when people are getting cold, uh, they're going to find that the cost of heat is very high. Mm-hmm. Some people were saying $20,000 per month. A- a- and i 'm not sure how true it is. I did yeah. see a video of a woman a few weeks ago where she said she 's glad that she bought a wood stove mm-hmm. because right now there are no wood sto- stoves for sale they 've all been oh. they 've all been sold wow. they 're all gone and and she was in Germany, and she was saying the thing about wood is that you can't go to a forest and get it. That forest is owned by somebody and that somebody might be the government and the Mm -hmm. government doesn't allow you to go get wood. Right. So if you're not buying wood then you are stealing wood. Mm. And she said that crime is way up in Germany. Uh, Crime... For stealing wood. Well... For for any for stealing all kinds of things, because yeah. of course there's economic something something okay. that I don't understand, but apparently there's this whole new set of crime going on where people are stealing wood, firewood, yeah, and um, so that's now a thing. All right, um, uh, and of course she didn't talk about rocket mass heaters. She's never heard of it, and and I've been trying to figure out how do we get and and we've got all kinds of things in the hopper um that we are currently actively doing and of course the free heat movie is out too so speaking of all the things getting done um the skip book is now officially all done we've made modifications to our software and it's it's out there but it just seems like you know the last six months have been particularly busy and packed and there's so much that has happened so, um, alright, but let's, let's start with this thing that I wrote yesterday, The Oil and Water of the Mind, and how I, I struggle to get these ideas through to people. You know, and before we start, as, as long as we were, so, uh, today, uh, the temperature outside is freezing. It's right at about freezing. And we have uh, a fire going. And, and And the last couple of days we've been very lazy about building fires. And so the temperature in the house got down to 60. Pretty cold. Now, uh, you were involved in the fire today to yep. some degree. Yep. Okay. All right. But you've heated homes with wood many times before.
1: I have. For years, I've lived on wood stoves in many different houses. Okay. All right. And we don't use very much wood here with the rocket mass heater. Nothing like what we would use with a, real, with a regular wood stove.
0: All right. So for a day like today, in a house like this, because it's... I don't. Know, it's, it's it's around freezing outside right now. So you've been there before. You've yes. lived in houses like, and you know about how much wood. So if your house started at 60 in the morning, and you you have an an idea of like how much wood you would go through, and and so you've got a vague idea of what that would be, and and you can see our wood feed for our rocket mass heater, and and we put it's. I'm going to speculate that our wood feed for this rocket mass heater is about one eighth the size of a normal wood stove. Do you think that's oh, about yes. right yeah
1: definitely okay. it's right. very small compared to a big door on a wood
0: stove uh right 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 and so um uh, and so we've been putting a little bit of wood in it at a time so um uh, you you might not, for temperatures like like around freezing, you might, for conventional wood stuff, you, you you might not need to have a fire going all day long. But you might have a fire going 12 hours for that day. Is that sound about right?
1: Yeah, I would start the fire when I get up in the morning and keep it going um, until the day gets warm and my house gets heated, and then I would start it again in the evening.
0: So... I would say to get this house to go from sixty to seventy five is gonna be a four hour burn. And then and then tomorrow morning we will wake up and it'll be seventy in the house. So now so we're gonna be we can't burn nearly as much wood as what you're used to. All right, so these are a lot of squishy numbers all over the place. Um, but you can feel how much heat is coming out while we're burning just this little tiny speck of wood of what you're used to. I mean, I imagine that the heat that comes off of this feels about the same as a conventional wood stove.
1: I actually think it's nicer. I think that the heat that comes off of this warms me more deeply. So when I go outside, I can carry that warmth with me. Whereas a wood stove, I just feel warmed on the outside of my body. Mm -hmm. And then, then as soon as you walk away from it, the whole rest of the house feels cold. You want to go back and stand by the stove. But here, the whole house is warm. And if I'm a little bit cold, I can put my arms over the barrel and be warmed. But the whole house is warm, even though you yeah. you don't have a fan, you don't have anything pushing the air around. It just warms the whole space.
0: So I, I saw you out there sitting next to it. It, it is something like you you got to put your feet on it.
1: It feels nice.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for that conductive heat, yes. and you can feel the warmth. And it's like, I don't know, and 10, 105, something like that. But when you touch it, you definitely feel the heat just soaking into your bones.
1: Yeah, the, the stone on top that you have here is really nice. It's about an inch thick, some kind of white stone. Granite. It's granite. Granite. And it's, it's beautiful and we you can take just... it for granite. can lay on it and sit on it it feels really good
0: i i don't i choose to not lay on it i see people laying on it all the time and it's like doesn't that hurt your head (laughs) It's like oh this feels wonderful like okay i like to put my feet on the sides yeah that's what i do but all right um i say you can heat your home with one tenth the wood does that seem plausible
1: Definitely. I could, like when I was here last winter, I could carry in more wood than we needed for one day just in one carrying bag of kindling <laughs> and more than was necessary for the day. And then in my in my house, it would be three or four or more trips of all the logs I could possibly muscle into the house and a huge heap of them just to keep us warm.
0: So, So basically, you would have to pack in ten times more wood. At least, yeah for the day for the day for uh, for a day that's about the temperature of what it is right now and then, then then what you did here and it probably and what you hauled in and one of those things probably was would last you know more than one day. It's more. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, I mean, and there's a big dose of it depends too. Right. Like, like if we got lazy and let a few days go, and and we really leaned on the mass for heating us for a couple of days because we got lazy, which you know. I mean, it happens with a conventional wood stove too. You, you get lazy, and then four hours later, it's really cold in the house, and you're gonna have to build a new fire. Um, But here you get lazy. You can go a couple days. (laughs) Right. We we did. We let it get down to 60, and it's like, oh, shit, (laughs) we should start a fire.
1: Well, when I got here yesterday, I didn't know that you hadn't run it for days. It felt very nice in here.
0: Right. Yesterday it was probably, you know, still 65, 66 in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was cool, but not cold. All right. Anyway, okay. Let's... Let's do the oil in the mind thing. And so, um, I'm, I'm gonna read this thing that I wrote. And so yesterday morning, somehow I, and, and we were in the throes of the Kickstarter, the last. Right. And, and uh, this stuff happens to me. I have to, I see a thing, I think a thing, and it festers in my head, and I gotta get it out of my head, so I write it down that's how I'm wired, I'm a weirdo, and so, I don't know, this is what I do, this is how I deal with it, but, all right. and granted, there's probably a hundred podcasts we should do, and I suggested, and you're like, let's do a podcast today, let's get the podcast going again, and I'm, so this is where we landed, this is what we're going to, the oil and water of the mind, is what I decided to name it. I feel the urge to share this, and I know it will be used as fuel to rally hate in my general direction for years to come. I guess I will write it and sort of hide it. I'll have said my piece. Now, I don't mind sharing it in a podcast. (laughs) I kind of feel like my pod people get it. Yeah. And it's like they're the best people to share it with. Mm -hmm. I posted this in my pseudo blog at a permies, and of course... Nasty people will read it and say nasty things, and and then and then later, somebody somewhere else on the internet, probably read it, will say some ugly things about me, and they'll point to this and say, "See what a dumb fuck Paul Wheaton is." All right, so here we go. Fuel so people can hate me. Which, by the way, uh, um, mud. Mudd told me that that he bought and listened to my religion podcast, oh. and um and only a handful of people right. and I was like, really, and he said he enjoyed it, really, yeah, have I you listened haven't. to any of my I have not okay, yeah, don't do it,
1: it says right on there, not to
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it says don't, <laughs> don't buy this don't buy this. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna end up hating me, I wanna at least get twenty five dollars from you first. Well it
1: made me curious when it costs twenty five bucks for a podcast and you say to not buy it.
0: So yeah. I
1: almost did. Just <laughs> because I wanna know.
0: I I don't so um I do have um uh a, a religious Thing in my life, and and it's like so. I I outlined it in there, so that way all the people who have a different religious feeling can hate me for that. Oh. <laughs> all right, but um, uh, all right, right. Moving on, moving on. Ten years ago, I was walking in downtown Missoula. And a fellow with a clipboard, and we've all met the fellow with the clipboard. Yes. And sometimes it's gals. Yeah. Yeah. And here they come! <laughs> Cross the street! <laughs> <laughs> but it was Missoula. And so I love Missoula, and so fellow with a clipboard. I'm gonna, alright, alright, say your thing. Here we go. A uh, fellow with a clipboard asked me to sign his petition. He was getting paid! pretty good money to ask people to sign his petition. So I guess somebody, somewhere was going to profit mm-hmm. if this passed. I don't even know what your position is on this. I told you about this, but I don't, now we're going to find out. In a moment. Okay. <laughs> the petition was to ban those payday loan places. He said they charged 100% interest. And I I don't remember the number. He might have said 200%, 300%. Um, I'm, I wrote down 100%. I, I don't really remember what he said and because his math is wonky. But that's what I'm going to talk about next. He said they charged 100% interest and were therefore evil and of course people point at me and say evil so i'm kind of like really so they're on my team uh his math was that you get the loan where you promise to pay it back in two weeks but if you don't pay it back in two weeks there are fees and fees and fees and fees his math decided to call the fees interest And when there was a small loan, the fees were relatively big, so it made the interest seem bigger. I told the guy that if he felt the interest rate was too high, couldn't he just open a business next door with lower interest rates and then the bad guys would go out of business? He didn't care. He literally didn't give a shit about (laughs) this issue. He just wanted to get paid, to get signatures because right. the pay was good. I imagine there's a bonus for the number of signatures you get. And so he wasn't going to open a business. He really didn't care about the topic at all. My first thought was that if you agree to pay somebody back in 2 weeks, it kind of seems like that's what you need to do. And I and I'm going to confess i I got one of these once I don't even remember what the issue was, but I was in a pickle yeah and um and I had a job, and I was getting paid really good money, but I was in a pickle so and this was decades ago, so I went to one of those places and paid their ridiculous fees to get like i don't know a thousand dollars for two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was going to pay it back for too much. And it's like, but I was in a pickle. Right. I had a things or something. I don't remember what it was. And um, I needed the money and I needed it right away. And uh, so that's what their business is. And so I did it. All right. Hi, this is Mark. There are a lot of reasons to get angry these days, but I prefer to focus on the positive things that we each can do to make this world a better place. The book, Building a Better World in Your Backyard, Instead of Being Angry at Bad Guys, is a great resource for just that. Instead of throwing my arms up in frustration at governments or big corporations, there's a list of ideas that we each can tackle to affect change. Information about this book and other resources can be found at permies.com. Uh, my first thought is that if you agree to pay somebody back in two weeks, it seems that is what you need to do. That is what I did. I, When I did it, I paid it back in the time frame. Uh, and done. The transaction's over. And for the 2% of the people where shit happens during the two weeks, then yeah, it's gonna super suck. And if you let that shit compound for six months, it will really suck. But you agreed to that suck. If you don't want to get into that sort of suck, then don't do it. Of course, now you can't do it because whoever was paying the clipboard guy got enough signatures and then all the other things, and now those businesses are forbidden in Montana. Wow. So now there are more laws about what people can and cannot do, and so that somebody somewhere could somehow profit. And and one of the things I'm thinking about is is like, okay, you're not allowed to make a rock, build a rocket mass heater in some town because there was a law about wood stoves, and they don't know about rocket mass heaters. So it's kind of like they accidentally banned rocket mass heaters. Mm-hmm. They didn't know it. But a lot of the laws that they pass, it's like, and we ban all these other things, too, both that we know of, and it's on accident that they got banned, or things in the future that we don't know exist, and we don't know what to do about that. But we're going to go ahead and ban them, too. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, so rocket mass heaters are kind of getting fucked in the deal. But um, the the point is, okay, let me ask you, do you have an opinion about... This Because clearly in Montana, more people wanted them banned than wanted them kept. And so they're gone now. And I mean, they voted on it.
1: Right. Do you have an opinion about that? It's political. It is political. Um, I think that that kind of business serves a very important function. I think that there's folks that need that kind of help. Maybe a bank account is outside their scope. Or maybe they were in a position like you and you couldn't borrow money in any other way. I think it's really important that that is available for people, even though it is expensive and it's not, wouldn't be my first choice, but I also think it's not right to take it away when people, I know that there's people that need that, and maybe we would look down upon them and say they shouldn't have those problems, but the the problems are there. People need money, and if you're in a tight spot and you need it, I think that it's reasonable to be able to go somewhere and say, yeah, I'm willing to pay a little extra because I really need this right now.
0: Right. It's the timing that matters.
1: Yeah. And that's what you're paying for. I mean, if I take out, you know, any loan I'm going to pay, and I would prefer to take out a loan from somebody who doesn't make me pay so much, but if I don't have good credit or I need something right now and have no collateral, then that's that's an option. And if it's taken away, then what are those people going to do? Where are they going to get that cash when they need it?
0: Right so I mean, I used it, and um, uh, I've never used it since, but um, there was a time, and, and it's like, yeah, it, it's it's a shit show, yeah, but um, yeah, there's, all
1: right. there's times when borrowing money, even if it's expensive, might be the only way to get to fix. Them. I mean, if you have to fix your truck and you need your truck to get to work. You can't not fix your truck because then you don't have a job. You know, you're going to get more money if you can continue to work, but it's going to cost something to get you to the point that you can make more money. So I think that's a great – I think it's a good business. I know it can probably be hurtful. You know, people talk about predatory lending, and I'm sure that falls in that category. Right. But I think it's something where, you, as an educated consumer – then that's then it would work, and maybe people get taken advantage of, or they don't speak right. English.
0: You but, know what's funny is is that there's still uh, lotteries and casinos in Montana.
1: Yeah, and there's there's lots of ways that you can be swindled out of your cash. Um, I think that that the business of a payday loan serves an important function.
0: All right, <clears throat> now here is here is the important point of this very what I think is a political thing. Here's the important point. I just think there has to be a hundred more <laughs> important things to sort out. Like, really? This is, this became so important that it, people voted on it and everything. And, and it's kind of like, uh, it just seems bizarre to me. That, and, and you know, we, there's so many other things that we're doing, and we can't seem to get any attention at all. But whether or not to ban payday loans, that became a statewide, critically important issue. So critically important that we were pestered on street corners, and on top of that, uh, we all ended up talking about it for months and months and months so we could properly vote on it when the time came. And in the end, most people said they should be gone, which I am still baffled by. Um, Maybe it was like regular banks. Like, we want.
1: They are competition to the banks. The banks love to charge people money. And really, the less money you have, the more difficult it is to get through banking because there's fees and there's more interest and there's less credit, the less you have. So.
0: Maybe that was it. All right, so there just has to be a hundred more important things to sort out. All right, the next one, and this is the thing that kind of got me started on writing this. Today I learned that the Missoula City Council wants to make restrictions on people renting out Airbnb stuff. I kind of get the idea that they're thinking that there should be fewer Airbnbs so that there's more long-term housing in Missoula. I guess the problem they see is that so many people are making more money with Airbnb than just regular renting that there are fewer places left to rent long-term for Missoula residents. And that pushes up rental prices. So if they find a way to restrict it, airbnb stuff then more rentals will become available and rent prices will drop i don't have a dog in this fight i don't rent um i own wheaton labs um i just like i don't have a dog in the other fight i you know i don't use payday loan anymore um so um it just seems like There is this weird convoluted gyration to fiddle with things and make more laws so that somebody somewhere gets more candy. But really the issue is that Missoula is suffering from a lot of love. A lot of people want to live here and visit here, so the price of everything is going up. I am utterly unqualified to say this. It seems like there's a desire to build more when there is more housing people can do all the airbnb stuff they want and all the rental stuff they want overall fuck if i know it's 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 not i don't have a dog in this fight they're gonna pick something they're gonna do it but man they are putting a lot of brain power into talking about this um I think they should leave it the fuck alone, but I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. They're going to do whatever they're going to do, and then it goes on from there. I uh, The price of rent in Missoula is very high, um, and it's higher than other places. It's partly because of the run on all kinds of real estate stuff. but um, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting things that have happened just in Missoula about Rental stuff. And of Mm. course, everybody wants their rent to be cheap. It's like good to want things. So they want to live in Missoula and have cheap rent. And it's kind of like good luck with that. I mean, Missoula is so awesome.
1: It is awesome.
0: That the, the rents are high. That makes the rent
1: high. And the housing costs are really high. Yeah. To buy a house. You you went you I went house looked. shopping. I yeah. have shopped and you're the, thinking
0: about like yeah, you know you <laughs> know moving to Missoula could be a
1: thought. It's pretty nice. It's very nice actually. Yeah. But even just a teeny little house that doesn't even look that great is a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> three hundred thousand dollars easily. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think I read that the uh, for the average price for a five for a three bedroom home. In Missoula is now uh hitting 500,000. Yeah. 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 So.
1: Outside my price range right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there's not many available because they all sell so fast. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say the thing that I said earlier, which applies to this one as well. I just think there has to be a hundred more important things to sort out. It just seems like, seriously? Yeah. This is this is what you think is important. R- really? Okay.
1: Well, it's just more regulating. It's regulating things into oblivion.
0: It, oh, that is such a good point. Into oblivion. We're going to regulate things in oblivion so that thou shalt never innovate.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah,
0: thou shalt never have a rocket mass heater. Thou shalt never... Um, and and there is a there is a thing that I have said about rocket mass heaters a hundred times, and I'm I'm not even sure if I've ever said it into a podcast. So I'm going to say it, and that is that I think that the people of the United States should do with rocket mass heaters the exact same thing that those people did with pot, you know, marijuana, and and that is.
1: A dispensary on every corner.
0: No, 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 no. We, that is, nobody touched pot. Nobody had any marijuana. Nobody had anything to do with it until the government said it was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody smoked it. Nobody did the the brownies. What do they call it when they put it in the brownies? They, they have a word for edibles.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody did any of that until the government said it was okay, right? I mean, not one joint, not one edible, not one. Nobody, zero people touched the stuff until the government said it was okay, right? And so I want people to do the exact same thing with rocket mass heaters. Nobody builds a rocket mass heater until the government says it's okay, it doesn't matter that it saves the world. It doesn't matter that it'll save you thousands of dollars. It doesn't matter that it's so much warmer and nicer. Um, with using hardly any wood, and it's so much easier. You just, you know, have a little fire in the morning and then shut it down and then, uh, spend your day going doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo, and then you go to bed at night and then you get up in the morning and you don't build a fire and the house is still warm and doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo. How doesn't matter that it's so easy. It doesn't matter that you feel warmer when you go outside, uh, which I thought you were just saying that. That was an interesting thing.
1: I do. I noticed it last winter, too, when I was here. Um, I could run outside in my little skirt with no shoes on and run around in the snow, and I was fine. And at my home, I have baseboard heaters, and I still run around with no shoes, but I'm much colder. Like, I'm warm in the house, and I go outside and I get cold more quickly Mm -hmm. than I do when I'm here.
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I it doesn't matter that it does all these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. Nobody will do it until the government says it's okay. Now, uh, I kind of like what Art Ludwig has to say, of like you know. How is the government going to know that it's okay unless somebody...
1: Someone does it and proves that it's safe like he does.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Somebody's got to be bold. Um, Now, all that said, I think, you know... my understanding is is that right now uh in the building codes um more than half of the counties in the United States uh have building codes that embrace rocket mass heaters. Oh. And um my understanding is that insurance companies are at about the 50/50 mark.
1: Wow, that's great.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that kind of thing. Um but if you're in an area where it's not okay or where the insur your insurance isn't cut up or whatever, then um yeah Uh, you got to wait until they say it's okay i guess you know that's just just like what everybody did with pot
1: you know they could buy your sneaky heat movie that you made years ago maybe get some ideas
0: um well the sneaky Heat movie talks about how to build a rocket mass heater i mean i
1: had a vented out your dryer vent doesn't it well i'm not I'm not sure about that. I don't. Or some, I don't something think so. looks like a dryer vent.
0: I don't, I don't think so. I think I think in that particular movie, it went out. It got vented out the roof. But man, I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. That was the event. That event took place in 2012. So it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. I'm old.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. All right. Um, next one. Um, decades ago, I was fed root beer floats by an old retired guy named George Frazier. That guy just super loved root beer floats. Long before he stuffed me full of root beer floats, he managed a shoddy apartment hotel thing next to the river. Apparently, the cheapest places to rent in all of Missoula. A bit rough around the edges. The city of Missoula thought it was a bit too rough. They proposed that they tear down the rough and put put something back up in the same spot that was nicer and would continue to serve the same demographic, the people that looked for the very cheapest rent in all of Missoula. So, Mr. Frazier agreed. I suspect root beer floats were somehow involved Mm. in the final talks. (laughs) The old was removed. And while the city of Missoula talked... And talked, and talked, and talked, and talked, and talked some more, and talked, and eventually forgot about it. Wow. So, Mr. Frazier and his renters all got fucked.
1: Right. Wow.
0: Yeah. I just think that there has to be a hundred more important things to sort out. About the time of Mr. Frazier... I would read the daily paper, the Missoulian, every day. And so this was before the Internet. Uh, as I would learn about awful things, I would think about what I could do. It seems like nearly everybody else I ever talked to would think about what the far away they should do. All of their solutions would be about persuading some politician or corporation into changing things for the masses. I always like the approach where the masses would choose to do the good thing first, and then governments and corporations would follow. All right. I. Here you are at my place. Yes. And you can see... What I'm doing, and there was a time in my past where I was ta- uh, trying to figure out what I could do right what i what I would end up doing mm-hmm. later. And while I still feel like there's so much more to do, you're here. you can see it I'm here and and so I don't have you have you seen the tour movie?
1: Yes. Okay. I've seen the terror movie. Um, I was here about seven years ago. Um, I and think you were here nine years ago. Nine years ago, when you first, yeah. well, you'd had it for a little while, yeah. but I had been away for quite a long time. And yeah. when I came back, I saw all of the things that you had done. And I know that most of the time you personally spend here driving your desk, yeah. making sure that money comes in and your empire is taken care of. And you drive from here, but I know that it's not your hands down there doing that work. You didn't build the couch balcony by yourself. You didn't build the library by yourself, but you've created a community to bring your vision forward, and what you can do with community is so much greater than what one person can do without it. Yes. So that was a huge thing for me, because I'm kind of a loner. I want to do my own thing, and when I saw what you had done by bring, having the humility and the vision to bring people in, you've created a space that could not otherwise be made.
0: So I want to say that like 99% of all the stuff that is done here is done by not me. Yeah. And, um, but I, I also want to point out the turtle lot. Uh-huh. That's that's me. I I drove the excavator to to shape the turtle lot. I did that. I'm also the one that discovered the plumbing buried in the ground uh-huh. where I was digging. Ooh. It's like suddenly I had a geyser there. Oh. The um serviceberry terrace. Uh huh. I I made that. I moved the buildings up there. Wow. Um and then in the library, do you like the dock? I love the dock. The dock is wonderful. I I was very involved in the design of the dock. And then at one point in time there was a log that's the spine of the dock uh-huh. and um they pulled out a, a belt sander and they were going to and I'm like no no and so I went and got the hand planer and uh-huh. and I hand planed mm. that log to, nice. to kind of get a nice um flat spot on top of the log but I just think a hand planer, there's something weird about a hand planer that is so soul feeding. Lovely. And, and so I didn't understand. I, I kind of feel like running a, a, a belt sander is soul draining. <laughs> And and so why would you want to do that if it's a I mean there's a time and a place for a belt sander. Yeah. But if you can use a hand planer, wouldn't you want to do that? And everybody's like, oh, "Why use a belt sander?" And I'm thinking like, "Well, and I'm the guy who has to pay for the belts." Yeah. And and so, but I I don't know, I just, and it didn't take very long, it was like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and I, I, so I hand planed that, but I don't know, every once in a while, there's a little bit of a thing, and I do it, the The, the rocket mass heater in there, I, I built the core for that, mm-hmm. so I do little things yes, here and there. you do many
1: things, I didn't mean to say you don't. No,
0: no, 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 you're right, you are right, I, almost all of it, 99% is done by not me.
1: For me, it was just seeing the the value of community more so much can give the, them.
0: The thing that I hear is that people are glad to do those things so that they don't have to sit in this chair
1: <laughs> I'm not sure many people could sit in that
0: chair right oh well the, the thing is is that I think most people are kind of like. Sitting in a chair, doing what I do they don 't want to do that, yeah. and so they 're glad that i 'm doing it so that they don 't have to mm-hmm. and um, i do I do sit in this chair a lot and worry that i 'm not doing my part outdoors mm. and um, but I am reassured thankfully by the people that are here that that 's okay. we got it, and so um, and you just go do the awful thing that we don 't want to do. <laughs> and yeah so it's like okay all right so i i feel okay about it i'm okay with it so <clears throat> all right um all right uh so i'm read this part about there's what i could do and that is the beginning of all of this really as it festered in my head as i'm thinking about what i could do to make a difference what can what can i do and I was very alone because everybody I talked to, all of their solutions to all of the world's problems was all about, well, being angry at bad guys. And, and like, I'm going to talk about writing to a politician, which I'll never do. And, or I'm going to talk about writing to this company and tell them how I think they suck. And then I never do that either and so but i'm going to tell my friends about what they should do and and it's like that's 100% of their contribution now i'm saying that it is extremely rare to find people who do what is your experience
1: um, I think it's a lot easier to control what we personally do than to try to control what anybody else does. And the biggest changes we can make are right here in our own yard, in our own garden. And to spend energy trying to be upset that somebody else should do something else is, to me, takes away from what I could actually get done.
0: I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, To me, it seems like for the do part the things that you do, it's soul building. So we were talking about that earlier. It's soul building. When you do, it's soul building. And then when you just sit around and be angry a lot, that's soul draining. And so these people... But but it's like... I, I want to say for all the people that I visit with, where I'm, not all the people I visit with now, but all the people I visited with before, it was, it was universal. Now, do you remember... Do you remember a thing years ago? And this this might be before your time. I'm I'm old and shit. <laughs> Do you remember the thing about dolphin safe tuna? Yes. Okay. It it seems like people were very concerned about dolphin safe tuna. Uh-huh. And so the so then the industry and the laws changed because it was driven by what people wanted. And um Surely there, there might be other things like, so basically they were like, I'm not going to buy tuna unless it's dolphin free or I'm just going to not buy tuna.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I've stopped buying tuna because I've heard about the dolphins.
1: Yeah. And then a few years later, we heard about the mercury and people stopped buying tuna.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's that. And so, um, which it's, it's actually, uh, um, Probably my earliest motivations, my most powerful motivations, from from very early come from for for all the stuff I do now comes from the Mercury mm. because I uh, when I was a very young man um, twenty. Um, I was big into backpacking. Uh-huh. I would I would take my fishing pole and just a little bit of salt and pepper and a little bit of food, mm. and I would wildcraft wow. on the way. Um, uh, Willow Mountain strawberries. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. I mean, they're so tiny, and there's like so much strawberry flavor in every little tiny. Uh-huh. And of course, you can't live on. There's no way anybody <laughs> lives on Willow Mountain strawberries. But they are tasty. Yes. Um, and then onions. I'd find the wild onions in yeah. the swamps. Mm-hmm. And um, but I would go fishing. Yeah. And I would catch plenty of fish. And um and I would eat the fish. Mm-hmm. And I could stay up in the wilderness a long time eating nice. fish. Yeah. And then came all the stuff about mercury. And then my first ignorant response was well i don't have to worry about it because when i'm up in the wilderness the water that feeds those lakes and ponds is coming off of the mountains that i see right there and there's not mercury this is in the middle of the wilderness there's no no pollution happening right there oh no Oh no! It, it's still mercury there, because what happens is is that it's it's from the coal plants and it goes up into the sky and all over the whole planet, and then it comes down with the rain. And the snow, mm-hmm. and um, and so then no, your your fish and those remote wilderness lakes also have this mercury problem that they didn't have before, right. and it has to do with the fact that you know trout are carnivores, and so then you know all the little critters and the water. Uh, eat the veggies and get the mercury and then they get at by something a little bit bigger, which you know, da, da 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 then the trout eat that and then you know, now it's the most concentrated in the trout. So they're the worst.
1: Yeah, if you're eating the apex predator, you're gonna get the most concentration. No
0: <laughs> So yeah <That's too> <laughs> uh, uh, damn it. Damn it. So um, that was one of my biggest motivators, is, is it's like, this is wrong. Yeah. This podcast is continued in part two. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Have you seen the new video of Wheaton Labs? It is permaculture awesomeness with all new and improved things like more rocket mass heaters, Easy bake Coffin, Willy Wonka,
1: Rocket Cooktop 2.0, and the truly passive greenhouse. To see more, go to permies.com slash tour. Again, that is permies.com slash tour.